0: Brian Ferentz speaks for the first time since week two on the state of his horrid offense. And just about everyone in big 10 basketball speaks in media days in Minneapolis. You are locked on big 10, your daily podcast on the big 10 conference, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Big Ten. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every weekday. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with all the best props, odds, and lines, and more than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. On today's show, we're going to talk to Jacob Rude in a minute about Big Ten Basketball Media Days. His Indiana Hoosiers are the favorite to win the conference. We'll get into what exactly that team has to do to do it and how the rest of the Big Ten is shaping up right now, along with what we heard at Media Days, too, from the media in their voting and coaches as well. But before we get to any of that, we heard from not a head coach but a coordinator of the Iowa Hawkeyes and one that has plenty of questions to answer early in the season. Brian Ferentz took to the podium for a press conference for the first time since week two yesterday. And he said some stuff that, to be quite honest, just confuses me as to why this thing even happened. Uh, Brian Ferentz was talking about, of course, his offense, which is the worst in the country statistically, not just in the Big Ten, not just in the Power Five, but out of all FBS schools out there, Iowa has the worst offense. And when Ference was out there, he just... I don't know if it was unprepared for what was coming, but just didn't handle any of it well. Uh, He said when talking about his job security that it was just kind of long and wordy and a bad explanation of how he feels about it. He was asked if he thinks that the fact that he is the son of the head coach is impacting him having this job still right now. He just said, I'll defer to my father on that one. And then when he was asked about the quarterback change potential, about maybe getting rid of Spencer Petras, putting somebody else in there, he said, what's the upside? Those things combined, when you look at just why he was up there, so like why put Brian Ferentz at the podium here right now? Um, I don't know if there's any sort of like contractual reasons for him to have to be up there at certain points throughout the season. But if I was just putting him up on the stand to be questioned here, then he has to know all these questions are coming, right? Whether it was something they had to do or something they thought, hey, everyone's talking about how Brian Ferentz is messing up so much. Let's let him actually clear the air, get some good press out there. This was not the good press. This was not the good press that he wanted, not the good press that he needed. Why go out there? Why do this if you know that the only thing that's going to come out of it is to get roasted? Again, maybe it was something that he had to do at some point. I don't know the details of that. But as far as just what he was saying, I mean, there's no upside to going out there if you're going to say that there's no upside to replacing your quarterback. I mean, what's the upside? You're the worst team in the country on offense. The only thing out there is upside. There is only one way to go. It's up. And not just the fact that you say that to this person, but to be so short in your answers, to be so seemingly unconcerned. I don't know if it's unconcerned, but again, just not cooperative maybe with what the media is trying to do here. I mean, you go up to the podium. They have these questions that you know are coming, and you say, what's the upside when they ask a question about your quarterback who's leading the worst offense in all of college football? The upside is maybe you're not the worst anymore. I don't know how this happens, how it goes through his head that he can just answer, oh, I'm gonna defer to my dad on your question about my job security with the nepotism. Like, I get that that's a frustrating question to get asked, And I'll give credit to most college football coaches because in the questioning that they get every single week, I'd probably get short with reporters after a while, too. But this was just so sloppy, so unorganized, and so weird for him to come out and go to the podium and say, hey, ask me questions. And then when he's asked those questions, to get almost annoyed, it seemed, in his answers, to just say, I'll defer to my father on that, to say, what's the upside I mean, if he's answering a question with another question to a media reporter, that's just, I, it makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. And it is a perfect kind of, I guess, bow on top to what this Iowa season and offense has been so far unorganized and at some point just seemingly uninterested in what everybody else thinks about it. I, I don't get it. I don't understand why you would go out and make this kind of a move right now. Nobody thinks any better of Brian Ferentz today than they did yesterday, right? Nothing he said out there makes you think, oh, now I believe in this guy more. No. You just hate him even more than you did before. What's the upside to switching quarterbacks when you have the worst offense in college? I can't get over that. I think it's the third time I've said it here in the last couple of minutes. But it's astonishing that you would say that when asked that question, when you know that the reason you're being put up on the podium is because the offense has been terrible. Unaware, unprepared, and just kind of what Iowa football has been this season so far. We'll get to that more here on the show, I'm sure, as the weeks continue and Iowa i don't know what iowa does but whether they win or lose we'll be talking more about it i know in a minute though we're going to talk to jacob rude on everything that went down up in minneapolis for big 10 media days Uh, not everyone loved it being in minneapolis but we still had plenty of faces out there to record everything that happened over the last few days and we'll get to it here in just a minute on locked on big 10. before any of that though a reminder that Bet Online is the place to go this season for all of your college football betting needs. If you hear a line here on Locked On Big Ten, it's coming from Bet Online. So when we talk to Matt Sheehan tomorrow on the show, all those lines you hear there is going to be from Bet Online. If you want to bet with us, you can bet those lines at Bet Online. If you want to fade us, you can do it over at Bet Online. It's been the smarter move so far this season to go against our bets. But we'll get to all that and more here on tomorrow's show. Bet Online, something you can go sign up for though, right now at Bet Online, where the game starts. Hey, you're tuned in to Locked On Big Ten. Jacob Rude's here from Locked On Hoosiers. I'm Nate Dickinson. We're going over Big Ten Basketball Media Days, which is stuck in the middle of a big Big Ten football week, but we have to talk about some basketball here right now. We've got Jacob Rude in from Locked On Hoosiers to do it. Indiana, right now, the favorites to win the Big Ten. That's been pretty much unanimous throughout the start of this season when we've looked at polls and rankings and things. I use at the top, Jacob. No difference here in what we've seen in the media preseason voting, but one thing that I did notice is that it's really, really spread out. I think there were five different teams getting first place votes, but the top five go Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, Michigan State, and Purdue. What do you think about how the media ended up voting through the Big Ten teams this week?
1: Yeah, it's interesting in the sense, as you said, it's a little spread out. Uh, the final order, I think, is about roughly what I would expect it to be. Um, I think Illinois and Michigan are pretty interchangeable for that second and third spot. But I think Indiana is like maybe a tier above them right now. Um, I I think it's close enough that it could be still a very interesting race. But then I think there's a little bit of a gap. Which there is to your Michigan State, your Purdue's, your Ohio State's, uh, even Iowa getting in there with a vote. I'd I'd love to see that person's ballot. I don't know if they made it public because uh, Chris Murray also got a vote for Player of the Year, which probably I would think might be the same ballot. But nonetheless, I do think it's a uh, there's some groupings within that kind of top five that I think it's going to be a fun race this season. Uh, it's got some high expectations to live up to with. Some of these previous Big Ten races, but uh, a nice mixture of, of guys and all these teams are kind of represented on on the Big Ten preseason teams as well. All these teams are. So uh, I'm excited just seeing kind of the the votes and the standings and the predictions like this means that we're really close to the start of the season. And that alone has me excited. So where do you
0: think Indiana stands right now as like a top twenty-five team? If you were to put the polls together right to this moment, because last year we had a team like a Michigan that was like at least going into the season what was supposed to be the driving force in the Big Ten. When I look at this Big Ten, I see Indiana as the front runner, but I don't see that kind of uh, at least dominant perception going into the season.
1: Nor should you, I don't think. Right. Um, I think it's Indiana being at the top is more of a byproduct. I think of how much the big 10 lost, uh, with your Illinois, with your Michigan's, your Michigan state's Purdue's. uh, a lot of those teams took hits and players leaving, uh, Indiana didn't have that. So I guess in some ways kind of, maybe not by default, but just by standing pat, like Indiana just moved up because other people lost so much. So, I do think Indiana has some proving to do. I think that's a very fair, uh, I don't know necessarily critique, but expectation for them is to kind of prove themselves a bit. So I think they're a top 25 team. I don't know that they're they're probably around kind of maybe 15 to 20, I think right now would be a fair place to put them. Um, Maybe as high as like 12, somewhere around there. Uh, I don't think they're a top 10 team, Uh, not until they, like I said, prove some things. They're going to have the schedule to do it. Uh, But until then, I I think it's fair to have some questions about a team that ultimately snuck in, maybe not snuck in, but barely got into the tournament last year and then got walloped in the first round. So it's fair to have some questions about them, but I still think they're at least a top 20 team, maybe a top 15 team. So
0: I think a good example of how to try and compare this is if you looked at like the big 10 West going into this football season, nobody was really all that great. It was kind of just a matter of what you said. It's a matter of teams that hadn't lost all that much yet. And it seems like IU may be that team. Now, the reason why it's probably not the best comparison is because that team was Nebraska going into the Big Ten West season. We're not thinking Indiana is going to be quite what Nebraska has been this year, but are you thinking that this is a vote for Indiana in what they're seeing in like what they could be up top? Or is it more like, is it more of a, hey, we don't know if they're necessarily the best, but we just know what they are compared to everybody Mm -hmm. else.
1: That's what I was gonna say. We're more of a known quantity. I know that. Uh, but I still think the ceiling is high. I mean, you had two five-star freshmen in Jalen Hood Shafino Malik Reneau. Uh, um, the Jalen Hood Shafino is gonna start. It's sounding like he's having some terrific um workouts. Indiana had a pro day that had NBA scouts in. Sounded like he was really good there. Sounded like he's he's performing well in practice, so he could very easily be a one and done. Um but you're adding two five star talents to a team that didn't lose a whole lot. So I think it's a mixture. Ultimately, I use probably the most known quantity among those kind of top teams right now. Um, but also, there is room for them to be a top 10 team or something along those lines. If uh, they get, you know, improvement from Xavier Johnson, who was up and down all season. Trace Jackson Davis, I don't know that there's another level he could take his game to necessarily, but him just being there raises the floor, and then you have some of these freshmen that could come in and make a big impact. It it certainly raises the ceiling of what this team could be, so a little of both. I think um, there are fewer questions about Indiana right now than there are with some other teams, um, but also I do think IU has a pretty high ceiling.
0: Jacob Rue joining us from Locked On Hoosiers. As always, tune into Locked On Hoosiers every day for what you need to know about Indiana. Jacob, as you look at these teams, and I'll go over again, the media's top five, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, Michigan State, and Purdue. What's a team that's not there right now, at least as we go into the season, that you think could surprise some people as we get into the year?
1: Ohio State would be the one, I think, that jumps out, which they're sixth, so... Uh, right on the cusp there but I know they lost a decent amount uh, in the draft but they also had a really good recruiting class Uh, I think it actually ended up being maybe the best in the Big Ten um, because of the number of recruits that they got so they replaced a lot of that talent um, with younger talent it might take a little bit of time to to kind of gel and build that chemistry and whatnot but uh, that's the team to me that, um, looking into the season, if you if there's a dark horse or an underdog, something along those lines, it would be in Ohio State. They ended up eighth, uh, in um, recruiting for last season. They have four four star recruits and a three star, so maybe not the top top end talent, but uh, still really good talent they were able to bring in to replace. I mean, they did lose a lot, and that's probably why coming into the season that they are where they're at. But I could see them making a run at a at near the top in the Big Ten this season. I, I think there's some intriguing pieces there.
0: Jacob, 14 teams in the Big Ten. As it stands now, how many of them do you think can win it?
1: Win. Mm, win the regular season, ma- we'll say. Win the regular yeah. season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think. Hmm. Certainly, the top five. I'm trying to think if Ohio, if I have Ohio State maybe that high, I don't know that I would put them quite that high, but I do think probably within the top five, I wouldn't be surprised if any of them won it. Um, I don't know how that maybe compares to others. It seems like a lot coming into the season. Uh, I would say Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, that, that top five could if Ohio State comes out strong, maybe during the the non-conference and, and to start the year, maybe I could put them in that group as well, but certainly five right now.
0: Yeah, it, I agree. It seems like a lot. And it, I think it's just another thing that goes towards this conference isn't quite as driven by one team as it has been in previous years. But at the same time, when we say that seems like a lot of teams, we have to remember like the teams that have been winning the Big Ten regular season over the past couple of years. Not exactly those teams projected to be in that top five either. So there's that side of things, too. Jacob Brood with us here on Locked on Big Ten. He's going to join us next week. And of course, once basketball gets started all the time as the Hoosiers are favored to win the conference going into the season by the media. Of course, Jacob has everything going on with Indiana over at locked on Hoosiers too. Thanks as always for joining us for a minute, Jacob, remind people where they can get the show in between your appearances here.
1: Yeah. uh, We are everywhere that you guys are listening to this at, whether uh, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, whatever it may be. And then you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. We post the episodes there as well. So uh, we're pretty easy to find and wherever you guys are, are watching or listening to us at right now.
0: All right. Thanks for taking a minute. To talk hoops with us, Jacob. We'll get back to you soon.
1: Looking forward to it.
0: Welcome back into Locked On big 10. And thanks again to Jacob Rude for taking some time to talk to us on big 10 media days. Jacob's going to have a lot more to be excited about as basketball season gets started. He's been telling us this whole football season that he cannot wait to see these Hoosiers get on the court. And of course People in Indiana care a whole lot about their basketball down there, maybe even more than the football. Jacob says definitely even more than the football, if you were wondering. Uh, We'll get into more with Jacob next week, of course, on the show on basketball as it gears up. But let's turn back to football now. I got my three biggest things I'm looking at this weekend as we get into the games. We're going to do a bigger preview as well as our look at the lines with Matt tomorrow. But first, my three biggest things that I'm looking at here as we approach the weekend of games. First off, can Illinois really win the Big Ten West? I think this is the perfect test to sell me in on the Illini. Because right now I'm sold in on Chase Brown. I know that he can carry a game and carry a team to a win. But I'm not really sold on the Illini as a team yet. Remember, this team still lost to Indiana earlier in the season. And while that was earlier in the season... This Minnesota game is the biggest test that they've had so far. I believe Minnesota is the most talented team in the Big Ten West. I think that Minnesota is going to win this game. But if Illinois wins it, then that's my ticket in. That's how I jump on the bandwagon. That's the one that makes me say, okay, we need to start taking the Illini really seriously. Yes, they're ranked right now. But I'm still at the point where I would put Minnesota over them and I would put Ah, geez, maybe it is only Minnesota at this point. Everyone else has been so terrible on that side in the West. Maybe I'd put Purdue over them too. But it, again, it's it's a weird conversation to have on that side. I think if Illinois beats Minnesota, they've got a shot to actually win that Big Ten West. They still have to play Michigan at the end of the season. That's a tough crossover game to have. But Illinois, if it does win this game against the Gophers, in my head, and every other game, should be the favorite. Maybe not right now, but if they win this game on Saturday, again, that's what buys me in and has me saying, okay, let's get to know Illinois for real a little bit more here. Second, can Maryland pass the test on the road? I'm, by the way, not mentioning Michigan State, Penn State here in these three things just because everyone knows the gravity of that game. It's number 10 against number 5. On the Penn State side, I'm trying to learn if Sean Clifford is Able to beat a big-time team, because I don't think Nick Singleton's going to be enough to do it on his own this time around. And same thing on the other side. J.J. McCarthy has his first huge test of the season. Michigan's the more talented team. I'm thinking Michigan wins the game, but we'll see what ends up happening. And I really want to see how good those two quarterbacks look, because those two are still kind of with those two undefeated teams the players who obviously need to take that big step up if they want to really be able to compete with Ohio State and the Buckeyes. Moving on to my list, though. Maryland on the road against Indiana and those Hoosiers. Indiana is not good enough to run with the Terrapins for four quarters. If Maryland is able to play its game, able to pass the ball with Tungabailoa like they want to, this game should be a blowout. And that's what I'm looking for here. Because I'm wanting to believe in Maryland. I mentioned Illinois is a team where if they win this weekend, I believe in Illinois. And I want to believe in Maryland, too. This weekend won't change things too much for me unless things end up close at the end or, of course, an Indiana win in Bloomington. If that happens, then Maryland's back at the bottom with everybody else. Or probably not the bottom bottom, but out of the middle of the pack, let's say. If they're able to blow Indiana out the water like they should then I'm okay with it. Yes, there's scenarios where this just turns into a Big Ten game and it's low scoring and Maryland ends up looking good enough, and I'm fine with that. But if I'm like a Maryland fan going into it, I want to air this thing out against Indiana. I want to put up the same kind of numbers you put up against Michigan State, against this Indiana team. Just keep that passing game rolling, because it's what you're relying on right here this season. And finally, who is less of a mess between Michigan State and Wisconsin? An interesting question, for sure, but those two teams face off this weekend, and I still believe that there's enough talent on both those rosters to play spoiler for other Big Ten teams the rest of the way. This game will tell us who is in a better position to do that sooner. Uh, Michigan State's got Michigan next week, so if they look impressive here in this one, I'm not saying I'm betting anything on Michigan State money line there, but I would be more interested going into that Michigan game if Michigan State puts on a really good showing. On the other side, Wisconsin still has its biggest games to play. Iowa's coming up. Minnesota's coming up. Purdue's a decent team that they have next week. It's a little bit of a foreshadowing into what these teams maybe can do the rest of the season. But right now, I'm just kind of thinking, okay, who's got it together right now? Because from what we've seen from both those rosters, it's still pretty much a mess at the moment. And also a big matchup between that uh, Michigan State terrible passing defense and the terrible passing offense that Graham Mertz provides at Wisconsin. Who's going to win that battle? We'll find that out on Saturday, too. Those are my three big things, that I mentioned Penn State and Michigan for a while there, too, so if you want to make it four, you can. Here on Locked On Big Ten tomorrow, we're getting in with Matt Sheen on all the lines for the upcoming weekend, and also we have to talk more on Penn State and Michigan on Friday before the big game at noon on Saturday. That's all coming up tomorrow here on Locked On Big Ten. Until then, go find your team's Locked On podcast here and follow them. It's every single weekday, just like we do it here. And we'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked On Big Ten with more. Be sure to follow us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. It's Locked On Big Ten, 10 10 at the end, not T-E-N. And I'm Nate Dickinson, at Nate with Sports. This has been Locked On Big Ten.